Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. So horns up, talking Texas podcast. Fisher, Tasapos, DJ Nikki, Snacks, Crider is off to get his dog named Bevo. So shout out to the fifth <laughs> member, the mascot of the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast, and of course we have the Quan Cosby, gentlemen. It is it's our first loss of the year, so we don't get a victory Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. Heading it, despite beating OU forty nine nothing last year, we were four and two after that game. We had lost against Alabama at home. We had lost a heartbreaker against Tech. The two games that transpired, we barely got out of Iowa. So we barely got out of the Iowa State game by the grace of God. And then we blew the Oklahoma State game. So definitely a long and winding road last year. And we were already off to a better start than we are last year, despite losing the Red River rivalry game, the last in the Big 12. You know, it was a very peculiar one, one we've talked about. We lost the turnover battle. We got the punt block return for a touchdown that we wanted. Uh, we got dominated in, in terms of penalties. They didn't turn the ball over once. We had nine penalties to their four, 70 yards to their 30. We did win time of possession, which was great. Uh, and we outgained them in yards. Um, in passing yards, we fell a little short to them in rushing attempts. Um, just a really, really interesting one. A great, great bounce back, you know, Red River game for Brent Venables. And, and a great game out of Dylan Gabriel. We have to give credit where credit's due. Gabriel showed up and showed out. We, we, we labeled him as one, a bit one-dimensional, a guy that can't beat us with his legs. And he showed up on Saturday, and he set a career high in rushing. And he took what the defense gave him throughout the entire game. PK didn't adjust as well as he's been adjusting in previous games. And, and Gabriel sought that out and exploited it. Venables really came out swinging. It was nice to see Quinn settle in after a while, which he did excellently. But to start the game, Quinn Ewers was not the Quinn Ewers, you know, the guy that we thought we could see in New York, the guy that we thought could be Big 12 player of the year, first-round pick. He, he was a bit pedestrian, a bit like Quinn Ewers last year uh, and, and on the bad side of things. So very tough one, tough one by the D. Um, but all in all, the three of us, Nick included, have experienced a lot worse losses in our time doing the show together. And I think there's a lot – to take from this that's good i think there's you know if we're gonna get a kick in the ass i'm glad we're getting a kick in the ass now rather than the big 12 championship against them where it really may count the most dude absolutely heard no lies there's so many levels to this um i have to start because i even i don't i'm usually a retweeter but i tweeted out (laughs) and i and i i want to first say that has nothing to do with coach venables in Oklahoma, taking it to us. We talked during the week. Whoever usually wins the turnover battle, whoever usually is the, is the more physical team, wins this game. And at the end of the day, they were the more physical team. And I would say most of the time. I think we clearly bounced back and made it one hell of a game and what this game should always be. But for the most part, they came out of the aggressors. Um, and, and even the, the turnovers, I mean, they hit it. They made the tackles. They, I mean, JT got popped on that one in the, in the red zone. And so kudos to them. But the crazy piece is I would say C game at best. 
and it took a drive with 15, 17 seconds left to win. And so that's why we were so confident. That's why we believed in what we've seen. Um, and and I think that's that's why we're also we're, 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 the house isn't on fire. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like kudos to Venables, man. We all knew Venables was a hell of a coach. I didn't know how he would do as a head coach, but. I got recruited by that dude several times and got to know him pretty personally. And he's a passionate dude. He will have them ready to run through a wall. Yep. And and so um, I think the most surprising piece for me really is about Oklahoma to have 60 plus players go in the portal and for them to play together like they did. It was freaking impressive. They were prepared. You know, a lot of people are throwing out coach got out coach and all that stuff. I do think they were better prepared than we were, you know, that, that that felt factored into Quinn's interception. I mean, the DB didn't even move. He ran the route for Mitchell. And so we got to give it where it's due. Um, i tell you what, it was, it's one of those things that whatever teams win, you, you, you don't sleep and you watch the game three more times because it was a phenomenal football game. It was exactly what that game is about. Mm. You know, it's, it's, I'm pumped. There's a move being made, but I'm more pumped that, that move's being made together because that was a hell of a game and I want a lot more battles like that. I just want us to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think even those who are not Sooner fans, even those who are not Longhorn fans have something to say about this game. And I think that just goes to show the pedigree of both these programs, what they've meant for college football, of course, what they've meant for the Big 12. And Quan, that's what you tweeted about, right? Was that the SEC is incredibly excited to have both of these schools um, and universities. And I completely agree because this is one of the most historied rivalries in college football for a reason. No, I did not like the result, but I <laughs> sure enjoyed the anxiety and, and the, the joy of watching that game. Like the roller coaster that it was, it was an excellent college football game. It was oh, one of the uh, best. It was one of the best, if not the best, that I've seen this year. Oh, this year by far, and and, and everybody. The and that's also why the national. I mean, again, we went from three to nine. That right. we lost, but we dropped six spots, and we're still in the top freaking ten. Mm-hmm. Our goals are ahead of us, and it's funny you said that that you liked the way it turned out and all that. I remember telling President Hartsell, probably about into the third, and as he was going back and forth, I said, "I'm loving every bit of this comeback. I'm loving the way it's starting to turn." And, and we're gaining momentum and, and making the adjustments we needed, but this team don't give a damn about my blood pressure. At the end of the day, that's exactly what I want. I yeah. know I talk crap about it, but it was a phenomenal game. I had, you know, a, a cousin come to the game and he's like, I've never been to anything like that. He's like, Q, I know you're upset. I know that sucks. You want to win. But as a guy who didn't have a dog in a fight, other than always pulling for the Longhorns through you, I, I can go watch that a million times. So I'm just, it makes you happy for it. At the end of the day, we're big time Longhorns, very biased on that level, but that was a damn good, that was a big time college football game in the year that it's been a little weird and quirky. You just haven't seen a lot of those. Mm-hmm. And so it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about the guys that played in this game, right? Dylan Gabriel comes off this game and everyone's saying he deserves to be in the Heisman conversation, which I absolutely agree he does, right? You pull out your biggest performances if you are a Heisman finalist or a Heisman Trophy winner when the lights are brightest, right? When you are playing the toughest opponents. And Josh, you mentioned, like, he set a career for rushing yards, 113 on the ground, because he needed to, Mm -hmm. because he had to step up. He makes the throw at the very end. No, we didn't get a lot of pressure 
uh, we got pressure on him. We didn't we get did a lot of QB pressure. hits. We just didn't finish. We didn't yeah. get a lot of QB hits. We did not get a lot well, of sacks. Well, even on that play, game. Ford is, you know, within face. arm reach. And, yeah. yeah. And so he steps up, right? He's one of the best QBs in the nation. We know how Quinn has played. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about him in a second here. But Jonathan Brooks, I, I came away texting in the middle of the fourth quarter uh, before the game was well over, and I texted separately, Quan, I should have included you on this, but I texted uh-huh. Josh and Nick, and I said, Jonathan Brooks is a stud because yes. he is. The way that he got stopped in the first half and was able to rally in the second half and, and, and dig deep and then be an effective rusher, and he broke out that that long drive where uh, our buddy Glenn Powell was freaking out on the sidelines with his yeah. black tank top on like Pat mm. McAfee. Uh, Pretty good idea by Glenn, for sure. Yeah, Um, who who came up with that idea, Glenn Powell? I wonder who. A couple (laughs) couple of handsome guys came up with that idea, but no, he he did great. He did great. And you know what, though, I do. I do want to piggyback off the Jonathan Brooks point um, because at least offensively, we showed resilience once again. Like, still, like the 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 tail of the tape for the offense was resilience. Defense, we we got beat by a real a quarterback who was a real gamer. Like a quarterback who did not quit, he wasn't gonna. He didn't wow us with you know with crazy passes, you know, unbelievable accuracy. But when he needed to complete a pass, he completed a pass. Yeah. When he needed I mean, to make he, a running he, play, he, he made a running play. He made and he stuck in that pocket like unbelievably tough. Like we we got pressure, we just couldn't close and finish. Yeah. And I, I I that which was the really if we're going to things that you know the. I'll go with the bad of the game and the good of the game. So my bad of the game was, was, was one sack. We are a better defensive front seven. We have been saying we're a better defensive front seven than one sack in this game. Kudos to them, but we are a better defensive front seven. We have pros on our defensive line and our one sack came from our freshman, Anthony Hill. So we have to be a lot better than one sack. If we're really going to compete on this national level and in the sec, the good of the game is Jonathan Brooks Worthy had another sneaky, quiet game. Q, I know you're Q. I know you have a great relationship with Jay Witt, and it was awesome to see him have oh, yeah. his like breakout game of 2023. But once again, for the fifth week in a row, Jonathan Brooks is our star. He like he can't you can't again like you can't ask for a better person to fill Bijan Robinson's who had a who literally did an around the world <laughs> against the Texans today. So funny. Funny. It, it went viral. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw it. I watched it once because I was like, I've seen that a million times. <laughs> but yeah, I do such a baller. I kind of like that. I, I want to throw out a bad and a good because mine's actually the opposite. Mm. Um, you said our bad was we got one. I think my bad for us is that we gave up what five or six. Ooh. You know, I think our old line. And they do have a damn good D-line. I mean, but again, they do. But it really, truly was, I feel like they were just the aggressor, man. We had our moments. Jay Brooks did have 100-plus. Quinn went 31 for 37. You know, with the, you take away the turnovers, which you can't. But, that, I mean, that's yeah. – that's we're still talking about Heisman winning game. I mean, that is badass. And yeah. then uh, and then my good, of course, you, you threw it out there, Jay Witt. And I've been asking for that, and it was cool to see him. I mean, just get fired up, and he, he he doesn't miss the ball. He was so huge in getting us back in the rolling, and it just goes to show Oklahoma won that game, but what, what we said during the week was we had the better roster. Jay Witt, per statistically, is not our number one or number two receiver, and yet he goes out and goes 10 for, what, 115 or something like that, and so we have so many weapons um, that is crazy, and certainly – 
I love JT's grit and effort, but he was truly a step or two short, uh, mm-hmm. slower, and just, I mean, he was gimpy out there, still balling, still made plays in his own way, which says how good he is. But we have the weapons, which is why we'll talk about it later. But if we take care of business and we face him again in a different health scenario and kind of watch and recap from this deal, it's it's a game that a lot of people want to see again. Let's put it like that. Yeah, before yeah. you go to you on your good and bad, I do want to say on an injury front, like kudos to Gunnar Helm for stepping up for, for oh, JT. Yeah. He had a really nice game. And then career, career yeah, game. Career, yeah. Career, career. You know what? This is we talked about, hey, like, look, this is where you make your money, like you know, in this game. And shout out to Connor Robertson who tried to fill in valiantly for Jake Majors, but, but that's a big issue, man. Like we lose we it's what it is. We didn't say it at the top of the show, but we lost Jake Majors early in that game. And, you know, we roll with our backup center and, and, and it showed it showed early, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think the injuries and a full health with JT with Ryan Watts, who didn't play with Jake, healthy Jake majors. I think it's a different outcome. Uh, good and bad for UT. Um, I think I'll, I'll stick with, well, when I was listing out the guys, I listed out Jonathan Brooks. I listed out Dylan Gabriel. I, I just wanted to kind of point out like, the talent that was playing in this game. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned mm. JB because right now to me, he's the Doak Walker winner. He's the best running back uh, in the country. He had statistically the best of any of the power five conferences from a rushing yard standpoint and a yards per carry. Um, and then I was going to mention Jay Witt. I was going to mention just worthy and all of these weapons that were out there playing JT, even though he, he was a little banged up. You definitely saw it on that block um, yeah. on the left side where, where worthy had the space and, JT couldn't throw the block. He couldn't get there. But I'll, I'll say I loved that we cleaned up special teams with Bert Auburn kicking the ball excellently. We had the block punt, which was huge. Now we did have the the roughing the kicker or roughing the punter, which also hurt us and extended one of their drives. That was massive. Um, and, and ultimately, my positive and negative comes down to Quinn. And the positive is how he bounced back after making those two early mistakes. But the negative is that he made those two mistakes early in the game and he put our defense behind the eight ball. And I oh, think what you, what you saw and the fumble, the fumble was bad. Yeah, it was um, bad. What you saw was our defense tired because they were out on the field far too often. That was early in the drive where he, where he threw that first pick. He was not in, under pressure in the pocket. He was on a one read look and he threw it straight to the DB. That is an inexcusable pass for, for a guy of Quinn's talent. And then the mm-hmm. second one, I know that it was a catchable ball, but you can't, you can't throw your guy into a, into a hit like that. Your injured guy. If, if that's between the, the shoulder pads, Jatavian's got that. And we're on the one yard line at least, or he's stumbling right, into the, the end zone. He's a hard cat to tackle. You probably touched that. That's what I'm saying. And, once again, on that throw, Quinn was not under pressure. And I know that ended up being the possession where we got the pump block for the touchdown. But guess what? That put our defense back on the field, and they had to do that much more. And, yes, you get halftime. You get you get some energy back from that. But you only have so much in the tank for four quarters. And, and so every single possession matters in that respect. And I think our QB did our, our, our guys a disservice on the defensive side um, in a game that was really, really important. And, and I hope that he takes accountability – in the locker room for that as, as a QB of his caliber. Cause I know he can. And yeah. I think if he yeah. tightens those screws, like we're a different team when he, when he doesn't turn the ball over three times in a game, we just start. Absolutely. And, and I honestly, I with his development and maturity and leadership perspective, I, I know he's a hundred percent 
Yeah, and like probably almost too much. He needs to probably they're gonna have to pull him back and say, let's just focus on getting this right, and we have a bye week to do that and get your mind right and all the above, and then you go to Houston and try to take care of business. It's interesting because we literally said we have this unless we play that uncharacteristic game, and I'll be damned they play that uncharacteristic game. And so it's a combination of both things, man. And and Quinn's wrong for that move, for for that first pick, but at the same time, we got to give the dude. I saw that, and it was different to see when you can see the whole field. Um, you know, ultimately, when you're watching it on TV, they're showing the quarterback, they're showing certain levels of it. But their communication on defense for certain formations and the things we were doing, I'm not saying they've been preparing for us since the summer, but it looked like it. I mean, they, they certain formations and tendencies that I think Sark has done. Um, I was listening to the local folks, and they said, um, our first play was a play that we ran in 21 where um, Worthy scored a touchdown. We can't mm-hmm. run that again. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, this is a new year. And and I don't know, but Venables has – Sark has national championship with Saban. Venables has a couple of them at Clemson. The dude can coach. He can prepare, and especially on that side of the ball. So, uh, yes, he can't throw that. If anything, you – you have to see that defender because somebody on his level, and it's hard to believe for a lot of folks, you're almost not even looking at a receiver. I can throw a slant behind my back and hit the freaking receiver in the numbers. Mm-hmm. You need to be looking at that defender. And if you see that he don't take one step back, you pump, you take a step, you do something and use your legs. So it's a combination of both. But I think that that was really their preparation because there's certainly in the first half, man, that they, they weren't. Mitchell, as great as he's been, there were some plays where they really didn't even pay attention to him because they seemed like they knew what was going down on the screen or underneath pass or all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's to a surprise that Whittington was the most used receiver in the first half. By the end of the game, you know, I think part of that is like he's open because Sark's offensive scheme is so good. Yeah. That when our receivers catch the ball, for the most part, even against this Oklahoma team, they're with there's no one within five yards of them in any direction. Like they are yeah. schemed wide open, which I think also goes to what I was talking about with Quinn can hurt him sometimes because he knows that guy's going to be open. But yeah. if Oklahoma does a good job scouting, we're showing them looks that we've used before. They know where to be, and one they can scheme, especially if they're playing zone for us to utilize Whittington and take away Mitchell and Worthy, which I think they did early. Um, but eventually we kind of wear them down because our guys are that talented. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought, I, I mean, you really have to give their coaching staff credit. Like they you do, man. I, again, four they, tries on the one yard line and they stop those guys. I mean, look, if we have JT healthy, if we have majors in, by the way, I we think can't that, give their coaching staff credit on that. That's, no. that's, that, listen, they had called a hell of a game, but that's where, that's a different level. Well, some people are criticizing Sark for running the same play in the same play. Oh, he, that, that wasn't arrogance. That was confidence. Hey, I know what we have. I know what I've seen on film. I know we have some guys. And guess what? Unfortunately, and I wasn't a, as if, if I was going to run that kind of play to worthy, and this is me armchair coaching, I probably would have done that on second down versus fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, I would have probably done it a little bit earlier, maybe even third. Maybe to wit. The bigger exactly. body guy. I would have probably ran it twice, thrown it twice, but that, that's over analyzing. And that's easy for me to say when I'm sitting, you know, in the stands on row 40. But 
truly that no, was they got you, was, they got you 40 these days jesus dude no no no. you won't go 40 because <laughs> no, when it's, that's the shape but uh, also the but also 40 acres so it's like it's a good uh you know, <laughs> oh, no it was, i was on, yeah. i was on the 49 yard line but it was row four okay sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> i know those are good no, seats those are good seats my yeah, bad. No, no, phenomenal and so really the, the, but the thing is i think if you if we don't talk about anything else to me that was it mm. if you want to say why oklahoma won this game you can call a billion plays you want, but when we got on that one yard line, which Jay Witt made a great play and almost scored on that with his effort, but their effort after giving up an explosive play was three X of ours. Yeah. That, that's not, a, I mean, coaches, cool, all that good stuff. Throw them off the field. That's Imano Imano. Sark said, bring in the big boys, and which is actually pretty funny because Sweat came in there and that linebacker. Freaking or laid him and went and made a play. That is, Sweat was going downhill trying to knock somebody, yeah, into the stands into our band. But those were guys wanting it and they made plays. And to me, a crazy hard fought game which we did and we got physical and we made plays as well. But that was the difference. Is, is that level effort first and go on the one yard line on the number three team in the country, and you hold them out of there? I'm sorry, but that's. That, that, that's and again, there's the face. There's so many things that happen or could have, but right. you have to give them their props. And that effort is why, in my opinion, they won the game. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see us when we get back from the bye week, and we'll probably have an episode later this week where we talk more, less about this game and more about what we can look to work on. But for Baxter to have a game where he is also really successful on the ground, he's a bigger bodied back than Brooks, and I feel like the goal line is a place that he can have success later on in his career. And maybe later on in this season, he got banged up early in the season. Brooks is hot. Like you got to ride the hot hand. I, I don't fault them for giving it to JB three plays in a row, but I just think to myself, like that would be an, an interesting look. If you have both backers next to you out of the gun, Quinn sure. can run a little bit too. Well, um, I got to tell you a little yeah. something about that. Cause I talked a lot about it during the game and I had the luxury of watching Adrian Peterson a lot, you know, back in Palestine and then certainly went into Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson freshman year was a phenomenal year, but he wasn't the same back he was sophomore, certainly junior going in because Adrian Peterson used to be talked about a running high. I love Baxter and he has unbelievable ability, but Baxter still runs too high. Where right. Jonathan Brooks never really, I mean, he'll get boom contact and he falls forward for three yards one yard two yard and always falls forward baxter stays a little bit banged up because he runs so high at this level boom he's going backwards more times than not so i know what you i get in theory what you mean the problem is him being that true freshman his his pad level is not where it needs to be and yeah. especially for the goal line and yeah. so I only I'm saying say working that. working towards that oh to absolutely yeah as he and i know choice as good as it gets you know, up and coming and balling. And Choice ran with a very good, you know, pad level. And I think that's a little bit of his frustration because he wants Baxter to understand that about being a running back. And so, I mean, I mean, he had a couple of spurts and a couple of things. But, yeah, you're right. Brooks is just balling out. And even Brooks, his freshman year, we talked about how high he, how high he ran because he's a little bit taller back. Bijan yeah. is a different beast. Bijan will dip up under something. He always had that level. He, of he's life. a different level of guy. And these guys are phenomenal. Brooks is showing the country that he's literally 
one, two, maybe in the freaking country, especially statistically, but he's developed at a level to where his pad level is where it needs to be. Yeah. It, it reminds me if, if anybody's an NFL fan, which I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this show are, I was texting Josh yesterday about the Detroit Lions backfield. And I said, people don't understand that David Montgomery is an incredibly talented back. His vision, his ability to low, to run low and, yeah. and fall forward and to follow his blockers. And I think like Brooks's vision has tremendously increased. Yeah. And I think I'm sure a lot of that comes from just being in the same room as Bijan because it's those also cuts. confidence too, though. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey. McCaffrey's not a big guy, but you saw what he did to the Cowboys last night. He finishes the runs. He's running between. That was one of the biggest questions. Can he run between the tackles? He couldn't his first few years. Now that also factor in that Carolina Panther O line. But yeah. he yeah. couldn't. I was, about, I was about to say he didn't get touched until three yards up the field. Now. He looks he looks pretty big these days, though. No, no, his muscles are right. But he, he knew what he needed to do, and he freaking he he's the low man every time they need a yard or two. He's getting four because he's the low man. He's pumping his feet. And he's taking, I mean, even the sad, the fumble that he had, he ran that safety over so bad. It was just a weird fluke fumble. I mean, he got low and boom, plowing him over. And then the dude made a good play and stripped the ball. So it's, it's those little things like that, that, um, the, the youngster will come in the zone and they're going to be very special when it works itself out. Can I, yeah. can I pick a nit on that goal line? Not on our side, not on their side, but I get so frustrated <laughs> when with, with the way that officials rule progression and how far forward the ball is. I felt like our spot, I'm going to be like gripey Texas fan here. For a second. <laughs> I, I felt like we were getting absolutely just rooked on the spots. <laughs> Because it, it it they were giving us like on the one one and a half yard line and we were getting six inches away from the goal line right. and I felt like sometimes and that we, matters we're not, we're not no of course we're not patient enough with saying like okay wait a minute should we challenge the spot of the ball here like because I felt like they were really really not not giving good placement there and it's also it's it's up to the official's discretion as yeah. to when when they were stopped by the pile, right, and all of that, I just felt like we weren't getting great spots. I'm going to capitalize on that moment. They can be better. There were some um, holes, face masks, and things. They can be better. But as I have pulled back some of my emotions, so can we. We They didn't lose us the game, but they damn sure didn't help us. Mm -hmm. I just put it like that. So, it's um no you're right on and you even text us that <laughs> as we were going in the game and we're all going crazy because we can't believe we're not scoring right there but um that, that's that's the thing man it's I'm not going Aggie more victory because there's none yeah. but at the same time that loss now which I don't know about it we were in the Kool Aid but I'm gonna be honest. I still worried going fully undefeated through the Big 12 um, just because we haven't seen it and I have PTSD with the Longhorns that I love. That game means so much on so many levels, but I'm starting to – I woke up almost going, oh, no one – well, all of my teammates, if we go reverse 08 on those mofos, I would be okay with that. Yeah, we won. 45, we won. 45, 35. And they ended up in the Big 12 and then the Natty. 
And if we can go back, and I'm not talking national championship and all that, but if we take care of our business, starting with Houston, and, and, and by the way, again, it's not a matter of we can win all those. In my opinion, we should win those. From what I see, even in that game, we played our C game, and it took now the number five team in the country to score with, you know, 17 seconds left or however many that was left. And so if our C game can, in a massive rivalry game, put you in a position to still win, then we should win the rest of them, and they need to have that mindset and prepare on that level. And I'm okay with us going back to Dallas and and, and not making the mistakes and playing a different game and, and hopefully taking care of business. There's so many yeah. things. Like, I don't know, like we, we've, spoke, we've now spoken about that goal line stand, but like had Whittington, he had that big play, had he fell in. You know, and it had been 29-yard catch, not that 28-yard catch. He had gotten that extra yard and scored. We'd be having a completely different conversation right now. You know, there was no holding penalties on them. We have barely received any holding penalties in our favor uh, on the defensive side of the football all year. Like, there's so many things that, like, yeah. could go the other way that we haven't received. P.I., so, yeah. so many things, man. It's, yeah. it's a little lopsided on that piece of it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, we- I, I just um, – <laughs> we get – our boy Josh just froze for a second, yeah. here, but oh, I can I can riff I can <laughs> my back. I, I thought I was, uh, I was just gonna say it was spectrum, bro. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. I was just saying spectrum is killer, bro. There was a spectrum outage at our place <laughs> at our place yesterday. We had gotten back from we had got back from New York. We touched down. We had the flight stuff has been crazy all week for us. All we're like we just want air conditioning and, and, and sleep. When we get back, we go to air conditioning power's done we got nothing cool. no wi-fi no power very hot in la it was brutal 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 so spectrum's been absolutely just killer um but i was saying that you know just there's so many things and plays that have just you know gone differently in in, in that game that, that would have swung our favor that's how close it was in, in, in a c game and even like ford our best defensive player we've been saying for a long time ford you know he had his worst game of his year of the year you know, he, I, 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 my eye test, I was like, Ooh, Ford's having a tough game. And, and on PFF, he was the lowest graded player we had lowest. Yeah. You don't know if he was banged up after he went down early too. what was that mm. in the first or second quarter? And then he got back in there obviously. But, uh, you know, I mentioned like some of, and I texted you guys, guys that I was impressed with. And we talked about Jay Wid and Bert. Um, and we talked about Jonathan Brooks. Of course we mentioned Gabriel on the, Oklahoma side, but I was incredibly impressed with Anthony Hill. I tell oh, you what, dude, that dude is a his, his composure early when he had a chance to light up Gabriel on the outside when he scrambled left and he and he held him and he walked him out out of bounds. And I was like, that's a guy who's well coached. He's been listening to his coaches. He knows the moment that he's in. He knows that this is a rivalry game and he is keeping his composure. He played that way the entire game. He made a bunch of clutch and crucial tackles um, to yeah. see that young man kind of develop and, and and show us the talent that he had and the talent we knew he had was, was really cool. Um, probably my biggest like defensive star that I would give out there for, for our players and Baron obviously had another good game. He always tackles well. Uh, Catalan got banged up, which hopefully, you know, he, he recovers. Um, yeah. yeah. The officiating though, very quickly on it, like, I just want them to be consistent. And I felt like they were, they did not call many holding calls on either side, right? They did not call 
many defensive holdings or DPIs until that last play and on an uncatchable ball. So that was unfortunate to see that happen then. Um, but they were driving on us. You know, it's yeah. like you can't you can't just say like that's the reason why we lost. And I know a lot of Texas fans were on X or Twitter or whatever you call it these days, being like, No, this was a face mask. No, this was, you know, should have been a DPI or whatever. And, and maybe it should have been, and maybe it it should not have been, but that's not the reason why we lost, right? And I know our guys in the locker room aren't going to focus on that, but it certainly is frustrating to, to watch. I was more upset that once they did throw that, I was like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Because oh, after that, I knew it was done. It, it was less about like, oh, they what are they doing? What a ridiculous call. It was more just like, oh, no, I know what this means. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, so and almost they, I was more upset, but it also gave me a moment to be like, all right, channel your emotions. This is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, it gives you like a like a buffer period of like yeah, relax. Did, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it really did. So no, man, I'm right there with you. It's it's so wild, man. Um, we've talked about a lot of it, but the beauty is we're we went to number nine. We're still above USC and these teams that are undefeated. Which, in my opinion. That needs to be talked about. The nation saw that game and was like, listen, I know how this worked out, but these two schools that are leaving the Big 12, they're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that needs to be respected. And, and and we're not – dude, there was a time, and I had this weird deal that when we lost the game, we went from three to 14. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, why do we always lose like 10 spots? And so I will say it's good to know that. Even in a, 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 a crazy rivalry, you know, neutral site loss, the respect that needs to be given versus a, a three overtime deal, you know, for USC and all the above. So it's 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 wild the way it's kind of transpiring and working itself out from a national respect level, which we still and, and, I, and let's be honest, <laughs> and I know y'all felt the same way, whether we admit it or not. We were looking pretty damn hard at that Bama and M game after that. Yeah. Like, How's this gonna work out? Bama like, win keep winning. We look better because that we beat them at home. And I, I just think all the things that's factoring itself working itself out, we still control our own destiny to a certain degree. But we just doing Yeah, I'm looking just, at Kyle Kyle Umlinger, a friend of the show. Uh he put he just put out this graphic just kind of going on, on what we're saying, like Georgia still has to play Tennessee and Ole Miss. Michigan still has to play Penn State and Ohio State. Ohio State has to play Michigan and Penn State. Penn State has to play Ohio State and Michigan. Florida State still has to see Miami, Duke, and whoever the ACC championship is. Do they play o- Louisville? Um, they do not. Oklahoma, have, they might have to, but they play Florida in the swamp. Um, Oklahoma and Notre has- Dame is playing USC this week. Right. Yes, Notre Dame is playing USC this week. Oklahoma plays Kansas. Uh, Washington still has to play Oregon, USC, and Utah, Washington State, and Oregon State. Oregon has to play all those teams as well, minus themselves. Instead, they play Washington, USC in the same boat as them, except they play Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, and Utah. All you have to do is win and win out. You you had your you had your little blow up, and and it, like you're Quan, you're calling it a C game. I think that's even maybe being a bit harsh, admittedly. Like I think it's probably a B minus game because there was I know it's frustrating, but there was there were some things like look like Quinn Quinn in the second half was yes. really was good. Brooks, no, was, no, no, no. I, I'm not doubting that. You can have 
you can go 40 for 44. But if you're four incompletions or turnovers, especially twice in the red zone, I'm sorry, dude, that's C. Those are things you just cannot do. You have yeah. po- you are literally taking points off the board. Mm-hmm. You truly are. And then the other side of it, you you giving up five sacks, you getting up. And I'm really kind of – it's the big things that really lose you games, especially in neutral sites like that. Uh, the penalties. Yeah. I mean, we damn near started every damn drive first and 15. Mm. That is a hard way to win football games. So it's not that I think I, – I told you, dude, they battle back, and I love every bit of it. And Sark touched on that perseverance. Again, at a minute and however many left, we're winning by three. So if we won the game, I would have made it B. But C is you took an L and you played insanely uncharacteristic to a certain degree, and that's why I dropped it to a, to a C. Mm-hmm. If you won that, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we played a B game and still won. But when you took that L and you gave up and, and, and you had, they had the ball with, you know, a minute. Put it like this. They got the ball at, say, the 25, whatever it was. They were past the 50 before a minute. There was a minute three on the damn clock. Two plays? You go 40, 50 yards? No, man, I, I got to give them a C because if you're a championship-level team, even – we're not talking national. We're talking Big 12. You just can't do that. I was feeling super confident at that moment. I was like, we kicked the field goal. Baby. And by the way, those who are questioning Tarks, Sark taking the points, no, you have to take the points right there. You take the lead. And especially with what our defense has showed, you have to take the points with them, no timeouts, and all the above. You have to take the points and trust your defense. And, uh, and also – keeping tempo on the drive was essential in gaining the yardage that we got. I know we were, a lot of people thought we were snapping early, snapping with too much time left on the play clock, but that tempo was, was important. Schematically, it's important for us to beat their assignments defensively. So I I don't, the sack now giving up the sack that you can't have happen because if we get one more first down, then we can run the clock. Because then we're in field goal range and Burke and Hammer one home with time expiring on the clock as opposed to with a minute and twenty left. So I, I'm I'm right there with you, Quan. We we had to kick the field goal. We had to go up tempo, and that's what we did. And we put ourselves in a position to take a three point lead. And then the defense has to get with a minute. Up. What was it? Right. A minute seventeen or something like that? I don't even know. It was a minute. It was less than a minute and a half. And yeah. that's just not a lot of. That's not a two minute drill. That's less than. And we should have taking care of business and they they made plays and that was probably the biggest annoyance of it was them freaking getting past the 50 and 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 let's be real getting past the 50 in this game is different they got past the 50 and they were to their fans this game is so different per the momentum and where you are and if you can communicate when they got past the 50 in two plays they're amongst friendlies right we were screaming. That place was insanely loud. But, yeah, it's back there somewhere versus right here in it, trying to communicate and all the above, which played a factor on both sides of it. So that, that's why I certainly believe it was C. Um, but, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Sark didn't feel the same way. Because I'm also, mm. if there's the play itself, there's the turnovers, there's a, the penalties. But, uh, if you go, everything happened in three, so it's a coaching. Right. I think and they he, persevered, but I, I think 
those guys are more prepared schematically for ours than than we were for theirs. That's that's really interesting that you bring that up. And Q, you admitted to us that you did a full rewatch of the game. Um, so I have a this I bring that up because I have a question specifically to you about this and about the preparation and the coaching. Um, Sark already came out and said he wished he had gotten Jonte Cook in there more. Um, who knows why? Different looks, different different plays with Jonte involved. He's obviously tremendously talented, so there's just that in and of itself. When you watched back, Quinn, Quan, sorry, <laughs> uh, I'm getting my cues mixed up here, but they clearly identified something defensively with the way that our guys were biting on play action fakes out of the gun on RPO looks because every single snap Dylan was in the chest of the running back and then he was pulling the ball every Mm. single snap. I not every single snap It's probably like 90% of their snaps though. Do you feel like that had to have had some effect with what they had seen on us scouting our defensive guys and their decision-making Absolutely, because this is the thing. We're one of the best run defenses on the planet. If you go regular runs, they didn't do great. If you go their quarterback runs, he had 100-plus. So, yeah, absolutely. Boom, let's stick it in there. We're going to freaking knock that damn running back out. Oops, he didn't have the ball. And then you have a little bit more one-on-one matches with injuries, with guys who with less experience. And our guys on the outside go, oh, pass, oh, pass, pass. right. Yeah, And so – Absolutely, all the. That's my point. When I when I think about, again, so many of his runs, they weren't RPOs. I mean, I think eight, nine, maybe even ten of his runs were call runs. He did this, and even were fake it or not, and then he ran, and he averaged like eight yards a freaking carry. They saw something. We've been saying we we haven't talked about it a lot this year because we haven't seen it and hasn't been a factor, and it certainly hadn't been schematically done, but. A running quarterback is everybody's kryptonite. I mean, let's be real. Oh, Florida State's having a pretty damn good job. Their quarterback can go, you know, and, and just so many layers of what that can be and adding an extra person or blocker in the mix. And so, yeah, man, they, they did a really good. That's why I say I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good game plan on both sides to be working on in a week's time. Yeah. And, and, and so they, yeah. they, they, the- they, they've been working on this and kudos to Venables for, hey, you know what? As we say in the social media world, they know the assignment. Venables knows the assignment of what it means in this game. He's been in a lot of them. And they Yeah, we got baited. We got baited a little bit, I think. is, I mean, we, we were wondering if they hold anything back, right? And we hadn't really seen Gabriel run like that. And we had been like, all right, if they're going to beat us in big plays, it's going to be in the air because their guys average crazy amount of yards per cash in one the thing air. I, yeah, no, but you're right they, on. And one thing, as I'm giving Venables his due, I got to give Sark his due. This was a drop your balls game as a coach. That fake punt where we were. Yeah. The th- I mean, dude, <laughs> I was sitting there. I'm telling you, man, if we won the damn game, it would have been one of the most freaking entertaining. And it still was. I'm just pouting. I ain't going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it still, it was got both coaches, you know, dropping their cojones, <laughs> making calls that were so freaking like, Holy, you know what? He just did that. That fourth down touchdown. I'm I was screaming to freaking take the points in because I'm already like play the conservative ball. Our kickers hitting kicks. This is a game. And to do what they did, Quinn, great play. Flush out a little bit. Again, it was it was just such a 
do I feel like they were more prepared, especially in the first half? Yes. But overall, the worry we had, we're not where we were when we gave up a 21-point lead. We were actually the total opposite. We went down and we came back and gave ourselves a phenomenal chance to win that ball game at the end. And yeah. so, yeah, kudos to them. Tip your hat to the way they worked out. It worked out for them this time. But I st- what Sark and their staff did, what our players did and persevered, it was just – it was um, it was college football – Love, I can say another word, but it won't be look. It won't sound good, but it, it was it was as good as it gets from a standpoint of just watching. Not 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 everything perfect, but great ball, great competition, and um, yeah, they were dropping them, and 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 it, it was it was cool to see. Of the ending, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you did bring up that Sark should have taken the points because had he not taken the points and we failed on fourth down. Who, oh, no. the you give, you give, them, a, you give them an even shorter it. field. You know, our defense has been out there pretty decent time. No, hell no. I mean, we know with social media that you can't win unless you win. And even then they're going to say something. <laughs> and so, yeah. no, he yeah. absolutely should have taken the points with where our defense have been and the way they've kind of played. And, and, and quite frankly, how they had beat us to that point was with Dylan's legs. And that time he threw some dimes, made some plays. They're big receivers that we were worried about from the beginning. Did that. Um, he extended plays and and they did what they needed to do. I mean, you just there's times where you have to tip your freaking hat. And unfortunately, it's the golden hat this time, and it hurts so much. It does. But they they just they beat us. We beat us, but they absolutely did what they needed to do to yeah. win that game. Yeah, I mean to to go back to the uh what you were saying Quan about you know us losing this game and what that means for our growth as a team. Yeah. Right? Like we have not been in the college football semifinal. This team, this group of guys. Mm. We haven't lost to an opponent this good. No. Not yet, not in Sark's tenure. Right. Honestly, like this is a team that could end up in the college football semifinal. And we hope that they don't, because that means that if we get to the Big 12 championship, <laughs> that means that they're repeating their success they had at the Cotton Bowl. And that's not going to happen. But what that means for our growth and where we can go now because we had this, I think it inspires some confidence in in myself. And I'm sure it does with the rest of the guys, too, in the locker room and you know at the 40 Acres and, and with the fans. Um, but you're right. You got to tip your cap to them. And you know, look like we don't need to be chirping OU fans on, on Twitter or in real life. Like they won the game, they won it fair and square. Like let's just move on. Let's take care of our own business. You know, let's let's clean up our own house and, and get back there, and then we yeah. can talk the ultimate smack at the end of the season. But we've got we've got a road to go. You know, and and that's that's what we'll have to do. We we'll have to put our well and, and, and use this as fuel. I mean, yeah. again, there's there's a there's a real true growth opportunity and we've been saying it even in the wins that we've had there's still room to grow um no, no better mm-hmm. than what what we have now um is is room to grow and guys to heal and things to build on and as a coaching staff venable said all right i got you here um golly to see what's tried what's you know, the, the way you prepare for playing this team again, if that works itself out, I'm telling you, dude, I, X's and O's 
nerd, I, I'm I'm here for. Uh, you know, I, I truly uh, breaking some tendencies. Um, when we put the jumbo package on the throwing, Jay Wiz started balling. That's when you know uh, Worthy started doing his thing. Mitchell caught a few, and so schematically, it is quite frankly schematical and X's and O's porn watching certain <laughs> levels of that game. It was so badass, and um. So, again, I think that's why, emotional as I can get about our Longhorns in this game, I, I I was, you know, shot to Waco right afterwards. And I was just thinking, like, there's so many things that happen in this game that it's so good for – it just shows how good both coaching staffs are um, and, and, and why everybody wants to see this happen again. And they're how ready they are for what's to come in the future. Oh, absolutely. Dude, right. again – we have already beat Bama this year, and the SEC team, now Georgia's still kind of saying, hey, we're up here. Come holler at us if y'all want to. But the SEC in general, um, it's um, that there's no question. They know what's up. They know what's coming, and, and it, yeah. it, um, it's affirmation for why the move was genius, and it's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, gents – Really, really good loss. No, there are no good losses. There are no good losses. No good loss. I don't know. No good loss. No good loss. No good loss. No moral victories. But a lot, a a lot to learn from, and a lot still ahead of us that we can go accomplish if if we use this loss as fuel. Can't say it better myself, so guess what? I won't. Fisher Tosopolis, <laughs> the Quan Cosby. We'll see DJ Nikki Snacks Crider with our new mascot, Bevo the Dog. Next time, get your horns up. We're five and one. Let's enjoy the bye week and then get to six and one versus Houston. We'll see you guys next time. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome baby. <laughs> As he freezes again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.